Power for Moms podcast is a podcast dedicated towards women and children. We will be sharing tips, tricks, and stories from the clinic that may help you navigate your daily life of being a mom, a woman, and all that that entails. If you'd like to catch up on happenings at the clinic, along with highlights of other episodes, you can check out our Instagram at Cairo underscore four underscore moms and at Cairo underscore four underscore kids. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Cairo for Moms podcast. I'm Dr. Kayla. And I'm Dr. Paige. And we have almost Dr. Cassidy with joining in as well. <laughs> um, today, we are here with Jackie, and she's going to share. She's one of Dr. Paige's patients. She's going to share her VBAC journey. Yeah. So, Jackie, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Good to be here. Oh, I'm so happy you're here. So just a little bit of backstory for those who are listening. So Jackie Nels is how old forward a bit now? He's about four and a half. Okay. So we had baby Nels and then we had new baby on the way. And you came yeah. to our clinic at about 20 something weeks, 22 weeks or 23 weeks or so. And you expressed to me that your goal was to go for a VBAC mm-hmm. and we were being taken care of at Hogan. And so tell us a little bit about kind of how you found us and then what started your journey and where this all took place for you in those earlier pregnancy stages. Yeah, absolutely. So I had a C-section with Nels um, in 2017 and it was totally unexpected. Um, The main reason I think for the cesarean was his positioning. Um, He was what they call face presentation, which gets confused a lot, I think, with sunny side up. So he was actually like, his neck was cranked totally back and he was looking out. Um, And he was like that for a long time um, while I was laboring. And so that was the main reason for a cesarean. So after that, um, knowing I wanted a VBAC, I knew that baby position was gonna be really important for me. And how the baby was in the womb. And so I joined a lot of like support groups and just asked around and everyone said chiropractic care, chiropractic care, chiropractic care. Um, And I actually got referred to you guys through a support group um, on Facebook. There's like an ICANN Twin Cities support group on Facebook. Um, And someone had recommended you guys and I checked you out and that's how I found you. Um, Yeah. And you, you learned about Webster through that support group. Is that how you heard about it first? Yes. Yes. Everyone said, you know, what are the keys to having successful VBAC? And everyone said chiropractic care and, and going to somebody who was certified in that Webster technique. And um, so that's how I found you. Awesome. Awesome. So then tell us, so then once you, so did you have chiropractic care with your first? I don't remember. No, not really. Not as much as I would have wanted to. Okay. So then coming here and you were pretty consistent when you came in here. Yeah, after I started coming, I think you were even like, towards the beginning, you can come kind of every two weeks, but it just like felt so good. I think I came pretty much every week. Um, yeah, it was pretty pretty consistent um, to get the baby in the right position, but then also to learn like some habits to implement in my everyday life. So I have a desk job. So, you know, sitting on my my birthing ball and different ways to sit and sleep and just to make sure that baby stays where we want baby to have a vaginal birth. Absolutely. So what did you think was the biggest difference with having regular chiropractic care? And obviously, so, you know, we had a successful VBAC for those who are hanging on that end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So tell us about that, I guess. 
So yeah, I think the biggest thing um, was the baby positioning. I had like PTSD thinking, what if this baby is, you know, in the same position that my firstborn was again? Um, but we just, you know, checked him every day and made sure my hips were aligned, made sure I was doing things to help encourage baby to be down. Um, and then I just felt really good because I was getting regular chiropractic care, like no headaches, help with sciatica, um, just all the, the pains and stuff. Um, and then also, you know, besides chiropractic care, just having really good support outside of that from like my family, my friends. I had um, a couple of girlfriends who had had a VBAC and just telling me some of the tricks of the trade um, when trying to get your mind right for something like that. I want to, that's what I want to know. What were some of those mindset things that you just instilled in yourself right away? Like that kind of sort of just became part of your daily practice because it really is. I mean, you know, Cassidy and Dr. Page will someday hopefully find out, but it's a mind game going through all of that. And you have to keep that angle in mind. So what were some of the things that you can give our listeners, um, Aside from the support, we'll talk about that too, because I have another question on that. Um, yeah. What were some, yeah, some of those. For the mindset. Yeah. I mean, childbirth in itself is, you know, difficult. And then to add on top of that, a VBAC, which can be considered kind of a risky thing to do these days when I don't think it should be, but um, it is. Mindset is super important because, you know, depending on who you go to per, for a provider, they're going to instill that in you every time you meet with them. Are you sure you want to have a VBAC? Like these are the risks, you know, every single time you're bombarded with that. And so um, I just knew I really wanted it, but I was also very realistic. So I knew going in, like, I'm not going to let the fear um, come into my brain. <laughs> I'm not going to let like the what ifs come in. Um, but if something does go wrong, I'm going to be realistic about it. Um, and be at peace, I think, with having a cesarean in the end. So I think it's managing that fear for sure, but then also like processing your cesarean. I think for a lot of people who had a C-section, um, for some people it was great and for some people it was kind of traumatizing. And so I think processing that experience and, and just looking at it from a positive perspective, I think can help you in your, in your VBAC as well. So, and actually when I was laboring, that whole time, it never, ever crossed my mind once. What if I have uterine rupture? I think I was just so focused on my labor and getting through each contraction. It wasn't until after he came out, I was like, oh my, I had a VBAC, like I could have ruptured, but it never crossed my mind, I think, because I just knew I wanted it so bad. You're in that moment. Yeah. I think I love what you said about having, you know, finding kind of the right people and the right people to support you with whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. And just having people on your team that can have those conversations and say, okay, I support this or let's, you know, be realistic about it. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. And the one thing I was going to say about support too, is did you have to find a different provider from the first? Yeah. Yeah. I actually did my, um, the provider I had my cesarean with is a, a, a smaller clinic. So at like right after I had the cesarean, they said, you know, you're a great candidate for a VBAC. However, we just won't be able to do it because we just physically can't be there the whole time. Yeah. Um, so I, either way, I had to find a new provider and um, I just reached out to a girlfriend I knew who had a VBAC and she gave me a recommendation and um, 
I met with her and, and, you know, I would say that there's providers out there that are, you know, just won't do it. And then there's providers, I think that are more super supportive, like, yes, we're going to do this. Absolutely. And then there's some that are a little bit more tolerant, like, yeah, you're a candidate, but, um, and I would say the provider I chose was actually more on that tolerant side. Um, she did kind of say a couple of times, like, you know, you kind of have to have the perfect labor in order to have a VBAC. And as we all know, no labor is perfect, like, <laughs> or guaranteed. Yeah. Or like, guaranteed. Exactly. Like who knows what's going to happen. Right. Um, so I did go into it, you know, a little nervous about that, but I totally trusted her in case, you know, something went wrong. And I think that's why I stuck with her, but that's also why I knew I needed um, someone else on my birth team that was going to help me advocate for myself. And one of the reasons why I hired a doula because um, I just I knew my provider was a little bit more just she wa was excited for me but she was a little bit hesitant so if I had someone there who could just help me advocate for myself um, help me to say to pause and to like think before we just make rash decisions at the hospital um, I knew I'd set myself up for better success that way that's really, yeah, yeah, having that support, whether it's a doula or whether it's, you know, a family member or whoever, that's really, yeah, I think a doula in that case is a great option just to well, they're advocate used to it. for you. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're used to it. They know what the birth looks like, you know, they've got yep. a different viewpoint than like a spouse who is very supportive, but right. <laughs> right. Well, and Absolutely. the spouse too, like they're going to be focused on you if mm -hmm. something, you know, were to take place. Yeah. Where for that. Sure doula can kind of come in. Okay. So to wrap up, because I literally have like 10,000 questions in my head, um, but I know I'll answer them on some of the other episodes this month, but if you could leave our listeners with one thing, somebody considering it, or maybe not considering that considering it, but like, maybe it's because they didn't ever think that it was an option. What is one I'm putting on the spot. What is one piece of advice you would give somebody who has that potential? Yeah, that's good. I think the one thing that kind of stuck in my mind and really helped me get to a place of like, this is going to happen um, was, you know, they say that there's a 0.07% chance of, of uterine rupture, which if that happens, that's serious and, and scary. Um, but what they don't say and what they should say all the time is that means that there's a 99% chance that it won't happen. Love and, and I'll take those, I'll take that to the bank every time, 99%. Um, so yeah, I just kind of went into it like, of course it's a risk and I, I'll have the team there to be there in that situation in an emergency, but 99% of the time it doesn't happen. And I, I think just having the right mindset. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I love, I just love birth stories. Anyways, I feel like I could seriously do every podcast episode on just a birth story, <laughs> um, but it's really cool too, when it's an experience like that, that not, you know, every provider offers and a lot of people, some, some don't know that that's out there. So absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of the car for moms podcast and stay tuned. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Cairo for Moms podcast. Thank you.